Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Here we are with the final episode of 2022 of Black and White Market Chatter Life Planning 101. Matt Irvin and Aaron Kennedy with you today just after Christmas. Aaron, tell me, how was your Christmas holiday? Oh, it was great. Great, great, great. Had all my family down. See my girls. Um, brother came down. Got to see lots of family. It was fantastic. Yeah. What about you? You got it's, the young ones. So that's yeah, stuff. yeah. We were uh, the kids got some pedal cars from Santa, and they were tearing it up at, on Mimi's you know, front road there. And it was fun because there was all kind of the neighbor kids out and about. It was almost like a scene out of a movie. Everybody <laughs> with their Christmas presents. So uh, it was it was great. Uh, always appreciate the time off, and I hope uh, each and every listener we have today had an equally as enjoyable experience. So, but let's kind of get going for today. Uh, you know, looking back at 2022, we want to kind of see what happened, what worked, what didn't work, and kind of how we're going to gauge up 2023 oh that's a great topic uh, yeah. all right let me get out the crystal ball as you would yeah, say that's right. uh, yeah, last year actually unfortunately played out kind of like what we thought yeah you know even going back to 2020 you know we were preaching this story what's going to happen um, with the printing of money inflation what happens when we finally start raising interest rates what happens to the market and unfortunately it really played out that way I think, uh, you know, as of today, the S&P's down about 17.3 for the year. So not a great year there. If we look at just the ag bonds or the, the bond market average, you know, it's somewhere down there in that range too, 12% down. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of places to hide. And, you know, going forward, especially in the near term, I don't think that's going to change. Not much. Well, you know, anytime you have inflation, what do we say, 7.11, you know, year-over-year inflation, Four and a half percent interest rates. I mean, those aren't exactly fostering a great economic growth. No. Right? So, uh, you know, did did we ever imagine that rates would go as high and as aggressive? No. And um, even listening this morning, I was was hearing some people talking about the market has to go up five or six percent from where it's at for them to hit their year end forecast of what they thought the S&P would do. I don't know if anybody got it 100 percent right. Um, but when you're dealing with so many things like, you know, human emotion, the Fed is, is such a key part of that, right? And then, two, uh, we can't seem to get consistent economic indicators that, that will allow us to slow down, you know? Right. Unemployment's all over the place. Up, down, downside surprise, upside surprise. is yeah. good news, bad news, right? You've heard it all this year. This number works. This number doesn't work. Right. We're changing what this means. It's been an incredible ride. Right. So, and then unemployment, too, speaking of that, 37 you know, you would think as many people that are still looking for work, um, what was it, the great retirement or something, yeah. they had a special word for it this year. It's just, it's very peculiar how it, uh, unemployment seems to stay so stubbornly low when, you know, people are losing jobs, people are getting laid off. A lot of the big companies are forecasting layoffs through this next year. Yeah. Um, when is that going to get baked in? I don't know. Um, you said something very earlier about being able to rely on indicators. If you go to the Philly Fed website, they actually came out and said, hey, we made a small mistake. There wasn't uh, 1.2 million jobs created this year. It was 10,000. What? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying there's anything, you know, right. uh, maybe they weren't trying to do that. Maybe it was just a rounding error, but it always takes just a little while to be able to look through the numbers and find out what was real and what wasn't. Right. Um, and it's it's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's the world we live in, but the revisions are always very big and uh they typically follow the momentum of whatever the market's doing 
Now the Philly Fed on the job, since that's what the Fed is really paying attention to, that was a little bit of a little bit alarming, but um, we'll see how it works works its way through. Right, and it and it usually does. Right, it does. you know, three was it three revisions on just about every indicator, and yeah. by the third one, nobody's trading on it. Right, they get their surprise, they get the revision, and then it gets revised too, because it does take so much time. Right. And that's it. That's mostly what the market's looking for is surprises. They either hope for surprises. Or they, they get really negative on the surprise. Right, right. And there, there's been not a lot of consistency on, you know, is it upside or downside surprise that shocks right. it. But you know, the market wants to climb this. And, and you've always said that to me. You've always said the market climbs a wall of worry. You know, the market always. wants to run, right? Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it, it gets a little scared at times when it hears bad things. But then it kind of creeps back up, you know. Overall, mm -hmm. the market's bullish. So, I mean, just looking at things from an economic standpoint, um, this year should have been a lot more devastating than it was. We know what's coming through. People should be getting ready for it. And the market was pretty much blah. They didn't care. You know, every time bad news comes out, we thought this is the end. So the market rallied like crazy over and over. And it's so difficult to do. Looking back at what we thought this market was going to do, we nailed it. We did a good job of forecasting what was going to happen. Um, you know, looking back at it, I wish I would have traded more aggressively towards the downside that would have made the pain a little bit less but who knows what will happen we talk all the time about being um, behavioral investors i have that same problem i get scared you know we, we talked all year long about where our biggest risk is and that risk is the market going straight up so just think about this back in october october 12th up until like november 30th the S&P climbed 14.3%. You'd hate to miss out on that, Eric. You'd hate to miss out on that. And as that market's climbing that way, you know, you're, you're second-guessing everything you're doing. Because, you know, you, you shouldn't be in this business at all unless, you know, your number one priority is taking care of your people. You know, you sure don't want anybody to get hurt. You want everybody to be able to reach their goals. You want them to be able to have the money, spend time with their family. So when things are going strange, you know, it's it's difficult. Right. <laughs> you want to help so much. Yeah. And let's take a quick break right there and uh, be back with the second uh, piece of our episode today on Black and White Market Chatter on Life Playing 101. Here you are with uh, the second piece of our episode today of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101, talking about you know not really having a crystal ball, sticking to our disciplines, right? That behavioral part of our business, and and we're a little bit, uh, I guess you could say this, we're humans too, yes. in in this. So we feel the emotions and the pressure, and um, we just try to, to help each other because our our ultimate goal is to keep you guys, you know, growing your assets or keep you retired, whatever your personal goals and objectives are. Yes, absolutely. So, Aaron, we kind of talked earlier today uh, in preparation, and I was really intrigued because, you know, one of the ways we get better is by continually reflecting. And you kind of touched on it just a few minutes ago. Is you could have traded the downside more aggressively, but talk to me about some of the things this year that, that worked. Um, you know, we did some, some things in commodities that worked for a little bit, but didn't maybe play out how we wanted to completely. But talk a little bit about some of those things that worked and, and maybe what didn't this year. Well, one of our most aggressive stances that we took was we got short on, or not short, we um, we got heavily allocated to short-term uh, inflation bonds. And throughout the year, those were down about 2.6%, uh, which is still a loss. But like I said, the, the ag, uh, which is a little bit longer, 
uh, term bonds, but they're mostly governments as well. You know, that was down down 12%. So we shaved off uh, a bunch of our loss by going that route. Um, so, so basically, instead of holding traditional bonds, we, we changed our game up a little bit and even had that inverse duration fund, too. That was kind of a yes. neat addition to what we did um, just to keep it. But I, I think you said it earlier. Maybe you just agreed with us. I said any duration was way too much duration yeah. for 2022. Yeah, we, you want to stay safe. You know, that's, uh, to me, interest rates have been so low for so long. I, I look at them as um, our brakes or our seatbelts, especially if we're looking at government, U.S. government bonds. We want the safety. I don't, I don't really care if they're paying me a quarter of a percent or one percent. You know, there's no money to be made yeah. on the yield. It's it's the keeping safe part. Yeah. And anything you held in there, unless you were going for a one-month treasury, it, it was painful this year. And, yeah. and we haven't seen this uh, this market since the 70s. Right. I believe that's right, uh, that it, that the basic 60-40 portfolio lost this much money. Well, even, you know, it's hard to because, you know, we have some clients that come to us and say, I want I want bonds. They like bonds. But, you know, probably one of the most dangerous places you could have been in 2022 was an unmanaged bond portfolio. If you, if yes. you kind of did what you what had worked for the last, to your point, 30, 40 years, it would not have worked at all this year. Yeah. And we've seen some strange stuff. We had a portfolio come through the other day that was mostly long municipals like 20, 30 year municipals. And you know, that got hurt um, somewhere down in the 25 to 30% range. And municipals for the most part are a safer investment. You get tax-free income. But to your point, if it wasn't really being looked at or managed, that's not the place you wanted to be is in super long bonds. We got it fixed up and we have the same total return expectations in a two-year bond now than, than we did in the 30s. So this should be an eye-opening experience for everybody that this is a little bit difficult to do on your own and you need to get your stuff looked at to make sure nothing's out of whack. And just to touch on this real quick, so duration, you know, you've always explained it to me is it's it's basically the multiple against the return. So like if you're up 1% and you have a, a one-year duration, you're up 1%. If you're at a 30-year duration, you can be up 30% but vice versa, right? right. So you, it's, it's, a, it's a multiple. So interest rates don't have to move 30% to lose 30%. Right. It's your duration. It's like the length. You know, we always talk about interest rates being on a teeter-totter, you know, yield versus, versus price. So if you get a really long teeter-totter out there, it, it's kind of a whipsaw thing. Yeah. So just for anybody out there that may be like me that has to you know put two and two together to make sure we're keeping up with, with the interest rates and inflation talk. So, so we're, we're talking what interest rates are 4.5. A couple years ago, it was less than 1%. Wow. And duration means how much are you going to lose for 1% move? Right. You know, so if you look at long treasuries, like the 30-year treasuries, that's the biggest seatbelt we have. That duration is 18%. Wow. So let's just say we've gone from 1% to 4.5%. How much are you going to lose? Yeah. Yeah, there's 50% of your money just gone in a guaranteed government contract. Right. Crazy. Yeah. So gone in the sense of statement value, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you held it for the 30 years, you're going to get your you're principal get your back, back. But that's a heck of a 30-year ride when you're down 50% in one year. So not fun. But the whole point of that is is there was not – bonds were not a place to hide unmanaged. You know, we, we used interest rates in a way that it helped buffer that downside. And, you know, to attest to some of the things since last October, you know, we've been looking at some of this. So – some of these things that, that have happened more recently to bonds, you know, we've been definitely on the sidelines for yes. and not taking the teeth. Yes. I mean, it's such a strange year. Commodities uh, commodities probably had the best performance this year. 
and um, you know basic index is up about 19 for the year we have been trading sideways since July we had a huge run up and then it just kind of dropped back down and it stayed at that 18 uh, percent level and it was a nice buffer to be in that part of the market and I think this is actually an area that's going to perform decently um, for a little while we haven't seen commodities really run up since uh, 07 somewhere around in there so we've got a long time frame that they haven't done anything and what happens in an asset class that doesn't perform over over a decade people quit investing there right and not just Kennedy Financial and in our in our stock investments this is the bulldozers the caterpillars who's gonna put that gigantic hole in the ground and spend hundreds of millions of dollars if they think that commodity is going to go down right? nobody right so we have this huge underinvestment of most raw commodities out there right. gold copper iron you know all of it and we're underinvested so if the demand comes back if I decide I want to build a skyscraper where am I going to get the copper from right I gotta I gotta bid up that <laughs> all that copper from a neighbor yeah. you know and then we're gonna to start to see prices climb then we're going to see people say, hey, I can make money here. I'm going to go get my Caterpillar dump truck and put a hole in the ground. So that's coming. We're just not there yet. But we're going to have a runway of being able to make money there for a little while. And we've talked about some of that in the yeah. past. Oil's the same way. It's a good place to be. Or it could be, right? There's not, I mean, so um, anyways, let's take another quick break right before we get wrapped up here on the last piece of our episode today on uh, Black and White Market Channel on Life Planning 101. Here you are with the third and final piece of our episode today on Black and White Market Channel on Life Planning 101. You know, we kind of want to end out this uh, this particular segment with, you know, what are we going to look at going forward? And you know, Aaron made the, the joke about the crystal ball. I think since day one I've got here, I always said, Aaron, is this a good time? And he'd he'd point to the magic eight ball on the on the cupboard over there, and I'd go shake it, and sometimes I'd get the answer I want, sometimes <laughs> I wouldn't. But, um, you know, one of the things that um, – that we're going to talk about is what the market might do, kind of what we're looking at. But, but I found something super interesting. I read a statistic that about 30% of the treasuries that were issued recently are, are two to three year maturity. So just thinking through that, you know, they're going to have to refinance debt from rates two or three years ago, which we just talked about. We're, we're extremely low. And now we've had uh, a, a huge run up on what that new issue debt will be. So that's going to be, um, that's going to be a lot of, um, I guess headwind right into your sale, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you're looking about taking a, just think about your mortgage. What would happen if you went from a 0.25% mortgage to a 4.5% mortgage? What's that going to do to your payment? Um, right. You're, you're looking at basically doubling it. Right. And that's that's what we're being forced into right now. Because regardless, we don't have that much money in the U.S. to be paying off all the debt that we've taken out. So um, if you're looking at $30 trillion dollars, and we have 30% of that coming out, 10 trillion. That's a lot of money. So guess what we're going to have to do? Print it again. Yeah. And I know that's a general ter big term and it's not really printing, but we're going to have to refinance, not just let it roll off. Well, and right now that's the exact opposite of what we're doing. We're tightening. They're they're forcing cash out of the economy yeah. and then they're raising interest Increase rates. Increase in interest rates. Yeah. It's going to get more painful. So this thing that we just we just passed the 1.7 trillion dollar budget guys that's a lot of money that's a lot of money so not saying we're there yet we're, we're in a grease situation 
but this is this is probably going to be one of the points that we can point to and say this is the time frame right 2020 2023 you know this is where it got out of hand it's going to be interesting to see well and you know it seems like you know we talk about the resiliency people continue to spend right that's helped support this economy through through what should have been a pretty tough time yeah but when we look at the government being, you know, it's a little bit of our leadership, right? So they're spending like crazy. Consumers are spending like crazy. The savers are finally getting some yield. But who's going to be left there with any cash? I mean, cash is key. But if people are spending like crazy, yeah. at some point this doesn't just, just fall. It craters. It craters. And um, just saw on the com- consumer side, credit cards, we're, we're getting awfully close to that trillion dollar mark and we're starting to see defaults. So um, if you're not the U.S. government, you, you have to take your debt very serious. Um, no, nobody else can really just print their way out of it. Um, you can, but you're probably going to end up in prison. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. but, but anyways, it's coming to roost. We've got a lot of debt out there. Um, everybody's fighting like crazy to figure out how to put food on the table. And you're making hard decisions. What goes on the credit card and what doesn't? Do I still pay my $44 a month for Peloton? Or do I go ahead and buy, um, what are eggs now, $8? I've got chickens. I don't even know what they yeah. cost. Yeah. Shoot. But it's crazy. It is wild what eggs four, cost. Four weeks worth of eggs is 32 bucks. Right. You know, you got to make these decisions. So we're getting very close. And this isn't this isn't just Kennedy Financial. It's not just Matt Irvin saying all this. The reason it's such a big deal is think about what Powell is trying to do. He's trying to make things worse. And we're not making this up. You can listen to him. He's saying that he needs economic output to slow down. That's how he's stopping inflation. So things are not going to get better from a spending and from an earnings standpoint for a little while. And that's I kind of want to talk about that for just a second. We have all the the equity models and and all of that in the world, and that would be the, the small part of investing. The biggest overlay right now is the macro part or the overall economic picture. And you've heard us say this a lot is you don't want to fight the Fed. So if you think about it, if the Fed is trying to make you rich, if they're lowering interest rates, if they're flooding the market with money, you want to get every penny of that you can get. Right? You want that. If the Fed wants to give you money, you take it. If the Fed is trying to make you poor, we don't want any of that. Right. <laughs> so get on the sidelines, get your dry powder, you know, and wait it out. Eventually, they're going to turn around and say, okay, it's time for everybody to get wealthy again. Then we want a piece of that. That's right. But right now, while Powell is slowing things down, let's stay on the safer side, keep our dry powder, and stay on quality, and let's get through this. Because we're not that far off. No. Really no. not that far off. And, and there's companies, and we talk about it a lot, and it's hard to think about. I guess for me, I've not seen some of the some of the multiple market cycles that you've studied but there's companies that have survived every one of these. Yeah. That they're staples, they're quality companies. You know, there's a lot of companies that you don't hear of anymore. And, you know, you can rattle off hundreds of them just off the top of your head that lasted several years and then basically phased out due to a technology change or something. Yeah. But there's companies that Yeah, badminton, right? Anything, right? A number of reasons. But basically, we're finding those companies that have survived, that have 100-year track records, that yeah. have 100 years of paying dividends all the way through, you know, because they're stewards of capital. You nailed it. That's it. Stewards of capital. That's what we want. We want the good guys running our money right now. Well, and we so want the highest quality company. And it goes against what the government's doing, and it goes against what the average against what the average consumer's doing, because right now the government, as well as the average consumer, is not being a good steward of capital. So those that are patient, those that 
um, have that dry powder will prevail. You know, those that you know, they say the nice guy finishes last. Well, if you're patient and do the right thing, you, you'll end up where you need to be. Right. Well, I, was, I was trying to throw out, throw around some numbers this morning, and um, I was looking at uh, Yardini and seeing his earnings growth. So I kind of want to give you an example of why we don't want to be 100% short, why we don't want to bet against this market, you know. And I, I want us to flip our brains to saying, I'm a business owner. I'm owning companies and I'm looking at the companies themselves, not just the market, okay? That's a so great perspective. We've we got to flip our minds to being business owners. And even as a business owners, we have economic cycles that go up and economic cycles that go down. You know, but looking at the S&P right, right now, for every $1 in earnings for next year, we're paying about 18 bucks. Okay. If we want to make a buck, we're spending $18 to do it. On the sales side, for every $1 of sales, you know, we're spending, we're having to pay about two bucks. So that's not too bad. Our prices are getting down. We're yielding about 2%. But here's where it gets fun. If we look at the five-year growth rate of what the S&P is supposed to do, we're sitting at 11.5% in earnings growth. If we want cash flow, everybody likes cash, right? That's what we should be looking at. Yeah. How much cash is my company's providing? It's supposed to grow at 11 and a half. That's good. Yes. Sales growing at 8%. You know, that is fantastic numbers. Even if we look at 2023, projections are, and this is, I mean, we feel the same way. First quarter, we're going to have negative earnings growth, about 1.5%. Second quarter, about 2.5%. Then we start to turn around. Earnings are growing 4.6, then 10.7. So we should have earnings growth next year of somewhere around that 5% level. For 2024, earnings growth should be 10.3. You know, so these are good numbers, guys. So just think if we get the low end, earnings grow by 5%. We got a yield of two. What should be our total return? 7%. Okay. That's not bad. I take seven. Yeah. What if we can buy in the middle of the second quarter and the market's down 20%? You get that much more. Yeah. yeah. So this is why it's important. We, we're owning great, great companies. And this is the way we look at it. And we want to be able to buy them at a fantastic price. Yeah. So we have the dry powder. We're ready. You know, we just want to get the price right. And we're getting there. You know, we're down about 18% for the year. We're not at the low point, but we're getting to that point that, hey, we need to get this money to work. I don't care about the negative 2.5 in the first quarter. I want the 10.3 in 2024, and I better be there to get it. You better be there to get it. Right. So safety, number one thing on our mind all the time. How do we get around risk? Number two, how do we make sure that you accomplish your long-term goals? Not your February goals, but your 2030 goal, your 2040 goal. And we're going to get there. We're in the right place, and we're not that far off from things turning around. Yeah, I love that. I love to reframe that as being a business owner holding a portfolio of businesses. I think yes. that's such a, to me, that even, you know, we, we study this every single day, and still that was just such a fresh perspective. So, you know, many of our listeners are business owners, and so right. they can easily relate to that. And some of those that aren't worked very closely with the business owner. So, I think that's very, very great. Aaron, I appreciate that so much. We're going to get wrapped up for today, our last episode, uh, for our long episode. You'll be hearing from us again, I'm sure. Hopefully you guys are enjoying what we're producing. If you have any questions, feedback, comments, things you want to hear about, we'd love to uh, to incorporate that in the show. We've got some new ideas and things coming for the next year. Um, but most of all, wish everybody a safe and happy New Year celebration. We appreciate each and every one of you. Love you all. Yeah, love you guys. Uh, wrapping up today, uh, Black and White Market Channel on Life Planning 101.
Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.